0: Next Generation Innovators is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of this land, and we pay our respects to the elders, past, present, and emerging. Hi, I'm Alicia Stevenson, Chief Commercial Officer at Future Women, and your host for Next Generation Innovators, a Future Women podcast in partnership with Oz Industries Entrepreneurs Program. Each week, we tap into the stories behind some of Australia's most successful entrepreneurs and how they've scaled their ideas into successful businesses. Keynote speaker, retail leader, gender equality activist. Our guest today, Kate Morris, is the founder of adorebeauty.com.au. Kate started Australia's first beauty e-commerce site in 1999 from a garage in Melbourne at the age of 21. She's now... ASX Listed, and we catch up with Kate to discuss risk and reward as the stakes are getting higher. This is Kate's second appearance on Next Generation Innovators, so you can head back if you like and listen to our first interview with Kate, which was hosted by Sylvia Jeffries all the way back in Season 1. For now, welcome back to Next Generation Innovators, Kate Morris. Oh, it's my pleasure to be back. Thank you so much for having me. Congratulations. ASX listing. That is phenomenal. Tell me how the first few months of that has been. What was it like in the lead up to that? How's it changed the business? Tell me everything. Tell me everything about it.
1: Oh, gosh. I mean, you have to, I guess, think about trying to do this in the context of 2020 and being in lockdown in Melbourne and look as as far as lockdown projects go. I don't know that I could recommend trying to IPO your business. So, um, oh gosh, look, it was a very, very intense time and I don't think I've ever worked harder in my life. It was a very fast learning curve. Um, We were really lucky actually. And and I'm told I didn't realize until kind of partway through that it was very rare that we had so many women on our Deal team, you know the the head of legal was a woman. The head of one of the investment banks for the equity capital markets team was a woman. And and for me, I was like, well, that's what I would expect. It's been quite an eye opener, I have to say. Certainly, doing roadshows and and talking to all of these fund managers, who I'd say were ninety to ninety five percent men. Yes, yeah, so I, th- I think it was a very steep learning curve for them too to learn to. Understand the world of beauty. So it's, um, you know, we're at the very start of, of a journey, I suppose. I feel like I've learned a lot. We've got an amazing board, which is majority women as well. And um, we're one of six on the ASX that have a majority women board. There's like 2,200 businesses and six, including us.
0: Yeah. But Kate, that is just you. I know that we love this term game changer. Like everybody's obsessed with using the term game changer, but you, Kate, are a game changer for these specific things that you've just mentioned. First of all, that's an incredible statistic being one of only six. And secondly, having half the room full of women, you are creating a pathway for women to really jump into this and embrace the ASX and embrace finance. You must see yourself that way. You must see yourself as this amazing, game-changing, you know, please tell me that, you know, you go home at night and put a crown on and walk around the bedroom.
1: I can't say that I, I can't say that I do. And my kids still demand me <laughs> to make their weet when I get up every morning. So, it sounds, I think, way cooler than it actually is. But you don't realize these things are changing things and moving the needle at the time that you're doing them because, you know, you you walk into a space and you don't realize that it was a space that, you know, women haven't been allowed to <laughs> to really take up space in before. So, it's it just goes to show that you know representation is actually really meaningful for a lot of different reasons, and it's probably not something I really thought about very much at the time. Um, you know, it was kind of always a, a vague pipe dream of something that I never thought we would be big enough to do. Would be to list on the ASX. Like I just, it was, it was always like, oh no, that was. That was just a bridge too far and we would never get there. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the business was in a position where that suddenly became possible and we thought, oh, my goodness, do we dare? Do we dare?
0: Well, okay, I don't know because I did roll back and have a bit of a listen to Sylvia and yourself talking about your prediction for a door to hit $100 million in revenue. Now that, you know, $100 million ASX listing, dare I ask what the next, what's your next target? What's the next big thing for a door?
1: Well, look, I undercooked it really, didn't I? Because if October 2019, then that was FY20. We actually finished up on 122 million. Um, look, I guess what we're looking at is the beauty market in Australia is about $11 billion. And, you know, the penetration of e-commerce in Australia is about, you know, nine years behind the US and the UK. And, um, you've got, you know, about 50% of the China beauty market is online and Australia's sitting at, well, it was about 7% before COVID, spiked up to about 11% during. It's just, you know, we look at that and how far there is to go and go, well, you know what, <laughs> we're going we're to keep shooting for the moon here. And um, it, being a listed business now, this puts us in the position where there is no target that is too big or that we can't shoot for. You know, we have access to capital and we have amazing people that we brought into our team. Our new CEO, Janilo um, Shanese, is just, she's just extraordinary and I never thought we would get to actually hire somebody like that. We can shoot for the moon now and, and it's a pretty big prize
0: in the scale of going from where you are to where you want to be, you've taken some really tremendous risks. And can you give me an example of some of those that you've taken where you've thought, oh, dear, I'm not 100% sure if this is the right thing to do, but I'm just going to go for it and and we're just going to see if it works? Look,
1: people think about risk um, sometimes like it's a bad thing, but, you know, taking risks is actually how you create value because if there's no risk, there's no value. It is a necessary thing in, in business And, I mean, so many examples, but if I think about sort of scaling in particular, often you have to take leaps to be able to support growth so that you can get the growth. So, But you have to go there before before the growth is there and before you can really afford it. And, um, you know, basically any time you raise capital, that's kind of a pretty good example of that's what's happening there. Um, And so I think about, you know, particularly when we went from, deciding to be a small business of, I don't know, maybe 5 million in revenue and going, okay, are we going to go for gold here or are we happy with it kind of only ever being about this big? But that was really quite terrifying because we had to start putting the foot to the floor on a fast growth strategy that we knew was going to sort of take some risk with our margin and meant that we would that we were probably going to be cash flow negative for a little while and and the business was going to go to break even for a bit to try and get over that hump of of scale i had to remortgage my house <laughs> like if if it had not worked i would have lost everything i actually didn't really think about that all that much to be honest which sounds very strange people like you are deranged and You have to be a bit deranged, right? You have to believe. And so, yeah, remortgaged my house, got every last bit of cash I could get out of it. And knowing that still was not going to be enough, we were going to need to raise some capital inside of 12 months. And there were numerous times during that period where I sat down with my co-founder, who's also my partner, and, and we sort of looked at each other and went, shit, I don't think we're going to make it. (laughs) I don't know how we're going to make payroll next week. I think it might be all over and we just sort of sit in the car and cry for a little
0: bit. When was this, Kate? Uh, 2013, 2014. How did you hold it together? I mean, your house and mortgaging your house, I mean, that's right in the sweet spot of like psychological safety is, you know, all that security. I was going to ask you if you are a risk taker. You are a risk taker. I mean- yeah. <laughs> yeah! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's confirmed right in there. Right. T- tell us your wise ways. Look,
1: not everybody has that risk tolerance. and I totally get that. And I'm working with a lot of different startup founders at the moment in a mentoring capacity. And I see this in every entrepreneur. If there is something that you believe so deeply in that it is like a burning coal that sits in the pit of your stomach and you have to do it. What are the alternatives? And that's that's the mindset of an entrepreneur is that I have to do this and I will risk everything. If you want comfort, probably pick something else. <laughs> <laughs> it is not for the faint of heart. And it's really funny. All of the entrepreneurs I've met are actually not big risk takers in the rest of their lives. Like they're not jumping out of planes. They're not doing like crazy marathons or things like that but it does come from having that burning desire to solve a problem and to make things better for your customers um, you've got to really want to do it not for the money it wasn't ever for the money it's just because that is the thing that you need to do
0: no I completely understand it and so staying on risk for a second I have a bit of a confession for you Kate Morris
1: oh, go on yeah
0: I started a, a sort of a share portfolio very recently and the reason that I did that uh, was because you listed Ah! and because Michelle Gallagher listed. uh, She is the CEO of Opal, which is an AI company. Mm -hmm. My faith in knowing the both of you and knowing how you lead and watching your companies um, grow um, and knowing the decision-making behind it, knowing the values of that company and also for, you know, for feminist interests and for women's interests I got my uh, big girl pants on and I started a, a little portfolio that has um, indoor Beauty, thank you, and Opal Shares in it. And that's my confession. It took me a long time to uh, to get into this game, I suppose. And when I said it to a few of my friends, they followed in my footsteps. And uh, so I can tell you that you have inspired at least four women to play the, the share market, to jump into buying shares. One I wanted to know have you had feedback like that from a lot of people? And two, do you invest yourself and, and what advice do you have about the share market and, you know, can you give us just some wise words?
1: Gosh, I'll try. Um, yes, it was something that I got a huge amount of feedback when it, you know, sort of became public knowledge that we were listing a whole stack of women that I knew from Twitter and, and that sort of thing started messaging me going, hey, I want to buy shares in a door. I've never bought shares before, but I'm going to figure it out. And to me, that was not something that I expected or anticipated at all and was really one of the coolest things about the whole process. You know, in the space of a couple of days, I had, I don't know, maybe six or seven women who didn't know each other necessarily, but, you know, knew me just from social media. All of these messages were coming in and I uh, was on a call to – my dad and I told him what was happening, and he just burst into tears. He's like, "That is the coolest thing I've ever heard." But but it's actually amazing because um, if you think about, you know, the equity markets are kind of one of the key ways in which in which money works in this country, and there's so many women who were not part of it and didn't know how to do it and didn't know how to be part of it. And again, as I say, this is why representation matters because if women can see companies that they relate to or a founder that they know and something that makes sense to them, that was so much of what I heard was like, I've been a Adore Beauty customer for ages. I think you guys do a tremendous job. This makes sense to me. I want shares in that. I mean, that's fantastic. And that's why we need more women-led companies, companies that are by women and for women so that, you know, this actually expands the market. I don't think anybody realised
0: that. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after a word from our partner, Oz Industries Entrepreneurs Programme. The Entrepreneurs'
1: Programme can get you from where you are to where you want to be. Our team of independent business experts can help you bring your ideas and innovations to life. We've got the tools and the networks to get you on the way. And you may be eligible for funding to make it happen. To find out how the Entrepreneurs' Programme can help you take your business to the next level, visit business.gov.au forward slash EP or call
0: 132846. Welcome back to Next Generation Innovators, where our guest today is Kate Morris from Adore Beauty. Have you planned out anything for this position of influence that you hold very strongly? And how do you, I suppose, manage that both internally but also externally? Do you have plans for that influence and for what you may do with it?
1: Look, it is it is a scary thing and it was one of the things that actually scared me the most about listing was knowing how visible I was going to be. And I've seen what happens sometimes to women who are visible in business. And that's a scary thing. And um, someone actually said to me during the process, they said, have you you made a plan for um, when the patriarchy comes for you? And I was like, wow, that's a lot. (laughs) I haven't had my coffee yet. Um, it's, It's a position of immense privilege, right? And I'm very grateful for that I am a bit terrified by it I am very wary for instance that you know if because I used to just kind of post rubbish on Twitter and now I recognize actually all these journalists follow me and (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) Yes. and and you know what you're not backwards in coming forwards about talking about world issues and you give your genuine opinion you are never offensive but you still give your opinion you walk that fine line so well
1: Look, and I will mess it up at some point, no doubt, and get jumped on and and that's also okay because I think you also have to allow yourself to make mistakes and because how else are you going to grow? But I do think a lot about, you know, the position that I'm in now, particularly to be able to help other founders. I'm mentoring through the current Startmate Accelerator. I'm mentoring at the moment a a group who is going to revolutionize breast pumping, which having had a child with a cleft palate and pumped exclusively for nine months, I know how awful it is. And I'm so excited to be able to, I guess, use what I've learned and the network that I've built to be able to help them and hopefully give them a bit of, you know, sort of the leg up that I Didn't have so that's something that I actually I enjoy that immensely and in the position now to be able to make an angel investment here and there, that's pretty cool. I think the things that concern me and that you know that I would I guess like to help and and lend my voice to, um, certainly trying to move the needle for women and also not just white women because I recognise that you know it's however hard things are, are. for, you know, for me or women who look like me, they're a heck of a lot harder for Aboriginal women, for instance. There's just, there's a lot of work to do there. Um, And also climate change scares the hell out of me. And, you know, I'm lucky to be in a position to support some organisations who are doing some really good work there. I guess with with a position of privilege, you have to try and do what you can, right, to move the needle on the things that you think are important.
0: I mean, it is obviously very well considered for you. I'm delighted to hear that you're investing in other women as well. You're just full circle, full circle on um, encouraging women into finance and financial literacy and and doing great things for women. Tell me very quickly about your Women in Tech Scholarships at Adore Beauty.
1: Yeah, sure. It really came about from trying to hire for our tech team and realising how difficult it was to find women who could come and Work on our technology, and and to me, it's always really important that you have a diverse team, and and because that's how you get a best product. And um, really had become aware of the sorts of environments that await a lot of women who decide that they do want to be brave enough to go in a really male-dominated field. And a lot of sort of startups or scale ups, there's this whole kind of tech bro vibe, and you know pizza and and BO and and all of this sort of stuff like it's
0: just PlayStation t-shirts
1: right that's it and and I guess it was more about okay well could we help like at least one woman and if we could start with one then what could we maybe scale that up to in the future so it's a scholarship for women studying computer science or software engineering
0: and it's running this year
1: it will be, yes. Basically, they get to sort of do an internship at Adore Beauty, for which they get paid, by the way. And Beautiful. It's not about getting freebies, but um, it's actually about saying, okay, well, can you get some real-life experience? And can we also show you that there are – Workplaces that are supportive of women and, and fun and smell nice, like candles, and <laughs> you know, when you can get to build cool things. And, and we would love to encourage more women to be able to take that career path because I think it's so important that women are involved in building the tech that is going to power our world.
0: You are a self-described feminist woman in leadership. I wanted to know, now you're in the big leagues, so the biggest leagues I can imagine, what's your experience of leadership as a woman been like at the top?
1: It really comes down to finding your people, which, you know, is is challenging sometimes where if you think about, okay, well, all of the investor roadshows that we have to do and as a listed company you're not sort of selecting your, your investors one by one as as we did when we did our, our deal with Quadrant a couple of years ago.
0: No, Now it's open to everyone.
1: Correct, yes. And I think it's kind of about, for me anyway, it's not apologising for being a woman. And, look, a lot of women have done well in their careers by trying to adapt their style to be more like a man. You know, that's one way of doing it, but I'm not going to do it that way. And if that means that some people, uh, 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 you know, don't respond well to that, then I'm kind kind of okay with that. You've proven um, everyone.
0: You've proven everyone that you're the real deal. So
1: yeah. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe that's you know, easy for me to say because, <laughs> um, you know, once you get that far, then um, there's less to prove, I suppose.
0: Yeah, but Kate, vital to hear and vital to see. I want to know any great products that you would recommend right now.
1: Okay. Hit yeah. me
0: with one or two. Something cool and fun.
1: I am super into ultraviolet. Sunscreen. I'm a massive sunscreen person. I wear it every single day, ray, rain, hail, or shine. So it's always good to find one that you like and enjoy using. So um, they're Supreme Screen, I'm a massive fan of.
0: There you go. And for our audience, we interviewed them. So you can find that in the NGI podcast episode listing. Yep.
1: Oh, did you? Oh, fabulous. Yeah. They're so great. I'm having drinks with them tomorrow, actually. Um, love Beck and Ava. They're fabulous. Uh, I'm also a super big fan of SkinCeuticals CE Ferulic serum. It is not cheap. It smells a little bit like deli meat, but it is the best serum you'll ever use.
0: All right. Write those down, everybody. Feel free to pause right now and listen to the Ava Matthews episode on ultraviolet. She is, you are right, an absolute delight. And then the last thing, Kate, we really like to end our episodes off with one piece of advice that you would give to women right now about anything.
1: My piece of advice is to think bigger you know I, I always uh, you know thought about goals that I could hit and I think that's the way that we're brought up and conditioned as women in in terms of not getting too big for our boots I think we absolutely should get too big for our boots I fully encourage it and if you are a woman listening to this and you're plugging away and thinking I could never do that I could never list on the ASX why the hell not? think bigger, think bigger. And and if you've ever sort of dismissed an opportunity because you thought, oh, no, that's too hard or oh, that's too expensive or, or I could never, you know, raise the capital for that. Um, I was mentoring a founder the other day who said, oh, yes, you know, I think really the big problem is this, but that's too hard. And so, I've decided to do this. And I said, well, hang on a bit. Let's just Let's just rewind a bit where you said that's too hard. Why is it too hard? And she said, oh, it would, it would cost a bit of money. And I said, well, how much are we talking here? And she's like, oh, a million, one and a half million. And I said, oh, love. I said, if you want to reinvent an entire category that's, you know, there's potentially a global business. I said, that's nothing. Why can't you do that? Let's go. Come on. Let's just, you know, money is a, is a problem that is, is easier to solve than people think. So, yeah, I think we all need to just start getting a bit too big for our boots and thinking bigger.
0: Yeah. Take risks get too big for your boots be cool be big be courageous be a legend be like Kate Morris (laughs) Kate, Kate Morris thank you very very much for joining us on Next Generation Innovators we will sit here and watch everything that you do next and support you in anything that you need so please feel that you are not alone there is a horde of women behind you just really rooting for your success so thank you very much for your time and the very best with everything oh thank you so much Thanks so much for listening. Next Generation Innovators is a Future Women podcast made in partnership with Oz Industries Entrepreneurs Program. It's produced by Good Shout and it's recorded at Castaway Studios. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and we'll see you next week.